Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, howdy, duty. It is uh, 1 p.m. here, and earlier today, I found or felt an earthquake. Oh. Yeah, there was an earthquake in, where was it? Let me see. Yeah, Hidden Valley Lake, California, a magnitude 4.0 earthquake. And it made my microphone shake while we were in our editorial meeting. <laughs> wow. Well, it that's fun. <laughs> yeah, what's really funny to me is um, my partner, Sebastian, uh, born in California and uh, lived in Washington for a time. Uh, but has spent most of his life thus far in California. And he swears up and down that he has never felt an earthquake. He doesn't, He or I should say, he does not remember feeling an earthquake. And so he says, I'm sure I felt earthquakes when I was younger, and I just don't remember them, but I don't have any visceral like remem- uh, memory of actually having felt an earthquake. And I have... Um, since I've moved here, have felt three earthquakes, and I, I grew, or I spent, um, you know, some years in California when I was uh, in kindergarten, so around that time, um, where I can remember feeling earthquakes as well. And he is actually out of uh, town right now um, for he's um, thinking about going to uh, cosmetology school, so he had to do some uh, stuff with the cosmetology program in Utah. And so the couple of days that he is out of town happen to be the day that we have an earthquake that I can feel here in Petaluma. So he would have been able to feel here in Petaluma. So it's like this ongoing thing where earthquakes either happen after he's gone to sleep or he's out of town or what have you to where despite being a Californian, he has never felt an earthquake that he can remember. Wow. Maybe that's what your warning sign is whenever he's out of town that you're going to have an earthquake. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I should uh, buckle, batten down the hatches and buckle down the walls. Yeah. Uh, we, we had one not very long ago uh, in, in uh, Southern California. There was a cluster of earthquakes uh, in the very early hours of the morning. And the, the first one kind of like just woke me up a little bit, but it, was, it just seemed sort of like subtle, I guess. And then... Uh, a larger one happened after that and I woke up and I woke up uh, Jason in the bed next to me and he's like why'd you wake me up and I was like it was an earthquake and he said okay like I, I would have <laughs> slept through it and like you didn't need to wake me up for this and it's like I guess but it was like it was one of those uh, I don't know what kind of earthquake shake you had specifically but it was one of those ones where everything kind of just like went side to side for a little bit so I was like what do I do do I get out do I get right. into like a door frame right now like it, right. it's not it's not stopping quickly, um, you know, which is uh, something that's happened a couple of times. Like when I first moved to California, uh, I was in, I was at work and there was a quick earthquake where the like mini blinds that were in front of me shook really fast for a second. And then that was it. And I was like, what was that? Like, <laughs> it didn't even dawn on me <laughs> that that's ghosts. What... Yeah, because in my mind, before I moved out here, I had, you know, pictured uh like the images of the aftermath of like the, the Northridge uh, earthquakes and like broken freeways and all this other stuff, like huge, like actual problems that happen from earthquakes. And then you get out here and it's just like, Oh no, there's these little shakes that happen and things move a little bit. And then that's it. And then mostly nobody talks about it except on Twitter. Everybody goes earthquake. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's all you got. Uh, yeah. Which we should be fortunate. <laughs> that is, that is all we have going on. Yeah, just a little shake of my microphone and um, everybody else on the uh, the call going, oh, earthquake was the extent of it. And certainly, I prefer that to any uh, ground shattering. The first time it happened um, since moving to Petaluma, um, it was a m- little bit, I don't know if it was closer or if it was a, a more severe magnitude, but one of those things was true because what I thought happened was someone was driving into their garage but had somehow like missed the mark and so they were revving their engine while just going into the pillar um that is you know because because i live in a townhome and so they're like 
a townhome on my left and a townhome on my right. And so them doing something in their house um, that with that much force would cause the movement to happen in my house. And so I didn't even think earthquake immediately. I thought, oh no, someone is just absolutely destroying the support pillars out in front of their house right now. And then I realized, oh, it, it's an earthquake, Micah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, when my mom came to visit me uh, after I moved out here, uh, she was asleep uh, we, and I had just gone to bed and then there was a quake and then we woke up uh, mainly because I had, um, you know, those like aluminum foil, like lasagna trays or whatever, the disposable, like big baking trays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I had that perched on top of the refrigerator in my kitchen because I didn't really have any other place to put it at the time. And it fell off onto the ground. It made such a loud noise that we were worried <laughs> that like, Stuff had fallen out of the kitchen cabinets. Uh, some of the cabinets had opened up, but nothing had fallen out of them. But but yeah, going to what you were saying, it, it's not just the distance you are from the epicenter of the quake. It's also how deep the quake is. And that'll change how things are moving on the surface. Uh, oh. So it's why every single one of them is special and unique, like a snowflake that shakes your <laughs> entire house. Uh, very powerful snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> very powerful snowflake. Uh and uh that's that's i guess how we like our snowflakes is very powerful uh in sort of an abstract metaphorical sense um but uh yeah that's it that's the most california thing i can think of um just talking about earthquakes and we could talk about i guess being a dry heat right now i guess or oh my god <laughs> <laughs> something else uh but uh, talk about highways which which uh, uh way you yeah. took to get somewhere yeah, that feels Californian. It is very well. There is a as an L sketch called the Californians, um, which I don't, I'm sure you probably are familiar with. Uh, where the the joke of the sketch is that uh, they they just talk about how they got to a place um, using various <laughs> roads. Uh, I see, and I always yeah. thought that was just I don't know some obscure joke that wasn't necessarily true, and then I moved here. And within like the first month of me moving here, had so many different people asking me so many different questions about my routes uh, to different things. <laughs> I'm like, come on, people. I didn't know you actually did this. And why does it matter? And also, I feel attacked because I have absolutely no sense of direction. So I don't know. I went the way Siri told me to go. <laughs> That's all I know. Oh, did you take the one out to the 40? No, maybe, probably. If that does that sound logical? Because I probably took the logical route. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you'll know you're a Californian later when someone tells you how they, you know, took the 101 at a time of day you wouldn't have taken the 101. Um, but uh, then you like reserve judgment in saying that, and you're like, oh wow, you know, I, I, I finally understand that <laughs> I have this oh, knowledge you of took roads. The 101 at at uh, at noon. I don't know. I don't even know what times are bad. I guess later in the day. I mean, so in that way, mm -hmm. I understand. I just don't know what to... I don't know the names of the, the roads. roads and highways to be able to go that far with it. But I remember us talking a little bit about uh, some some route. And I was kind of like, yeah, right now it actually would be kind of busy because everybody is... Uh, or many people are traveling uh, back from San Francisco after their commute. Um, so I, I know the times, just not the roads. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a consequence of our reliance on technology and using uh, automated guidance uh, to, to help us in, in these ways to get where we're going. Um, I, I don't really know a lot of the road names that I use because it doesn't help me in my general life. But uh, having you know the thing spout off like turn right it's like all right turn left okay but uh <laughs> i i am more familiar i think with the roads around here because i i am of the uh the pre uh road guidance uh automation um set uh i am the map quest generation i uh, so you would you would print out time was you would print out your directions for where you were going to go or you'd write them down on a piece of paper and then you'd have to memorize that before you got on the road. And maybe at a stoplight, you could glance and see what the next turn was going to be if you forgot it. 
but you really couldn't take it all in or understand what it was or even know when you were going to hit the intersection. Um, fortunately, though, I am of the MapQuest generation and not the uh, uh, Thomas Guide generation, which was, uh, I don't know if they had that in Northern California at all. And uh, it, it, it's just some weird Southern California thing where there's this enormous book. It was like a phone book, basically, but it was all, just a map of streets. And there were like guide numbers for which pages to refer to, to look for different, you know, roads and routes and things. And my my aunt who lived out here at the time gave me one when I moved here and I left oh. it I left it in the shrink wrap because it was so it was sort of intimidating. I was just like, I'm just gonna use I'm just use MapQuest and I and I would print it out and then sometimes I would write on the back of a printout, you know, if I was just doing something simple and easy. Uh and then, you know, that's that's just how you you come to appreciate things like plugging in your phone in your car and it going uh, and you being able to to tell you know your voice assistant like i'm going to go here what is the nearest here to their thing and then deciding on a route from that ah man yep growing up um we so we didn't there was not a lot of uh money hardly any money so we didn't do a whole lot of travel um but on the occasion that we did travel i can remember um, you kind of based any home-based printing that you needed to do around uh, the periods of time when we would travel because uh, that's when we would sort of, quote-unquote, splurge on getting um, new ink for the printer so that we could print out the MapQuest guides. And so you, you know, you'd come back from the little trip that we went on and have... Um, printer ink for whatever you needed to use it uh, for. But most of the time, you know, you, you had to do the printing at school and stuff because those cartridges are very expensive. But um, I remember we went to the Omaha Zoo, um, which in the Midwest, the Omaha Zoo is the one to go to. Um, and we, you know, used MapQuest for that. And my mom was usually the navigator, um, kind of, you know, turn here, turn there, etc. But I remember us using MapQuest when we took a trip to Colorado. It was for this um, international competition I was in. And we had the MapQuest and I was in the back seat the, as, as the like believer in tech, even at that time, um, going, definitely follow, like, yeah, MapQuest, I, just follow the map, follow the map. And everybody else getting kind of uh, suspicious that it had gotten the address wrong or something because we had rented a cabin um, in part in this cabin place and it was way up in the mountains. And so you kind of like you drove out from the city in uh, past this sort of uh, very flat area until uh, the, you know, the foothills and the mountains started to come. Um, and then you would drive up 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 and i'm going we just got to keep going we got to keep going and um i think it was my stepdad at the time going no no i think we should turn around and, and ask for directions and i'm like no i really think that it's right i promise like i i looked this up and i saw followed along the route it, the point of the story is eventually we we, we kept following MapQuest, and it did get us there but we did not realize that it was so doggone far away from the rest of um humanity but it was a really cool place and it ended up being a lot of fun but um yeah i i sort of fondly remember the map quest days because they were related to us getting to travel and go places um and then also because anytime there was printer ink i found every reason to print things out that really didn't need to be printed out so i'd make you know cds mixtapes and stuff like that and make custom uh album art for them and all kinds of stuff so all that's a very fond time but now i'm just very happy to have my voice in a slab of glass telling me where to go because without that i would be utterly lost which is you know to some some people a shame i'm sure but um I am at peace with the fact that I don't have a very good sense of direction and I live in a time where something else is able to to help me with that. And I have a feeling that if I ever needed to uh, acquire a sense of direction in a very horrible situation, um, <laughs> then I would, you know, do what I needed. I wouldn't just continue to be like, well, don't have a phone, so I guess I'm just stuck. No, I would find maps and use maps to to figure it out. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't anticipating anything as dire as that, but I, uh, I'm always anticipating something as dire as that. I I, uh, I have I have I have a decent sense of direction for the most part. It's it's hard to trip me up. Uh, and Jason unfortunately has a terrible sense of direction, so. It, it works well that we can pair up in some situations because he'll really start walking the wrong direction. I'm like, why are we going this way? And he'll be like, we're going back to the car. I'm like, we parked uh, that oh side my of God. the parking There's lot. There's one of each in every relationship. And I am absolutely adjacent in that way. <laughs> I'm like going this way. And, and then, yeah, uh, it seems like those opposites, thank God, seem to attract because what you're saying, I'm kind of nodding my head going, yep. That is exactly, that's exactly how I am. That's exactly what I do. (laughs) Oh, but our reliance on technology has unfortunately uh, paralyzed us a couple of times uh, on our uh, recent road trips uh, where reception is not always like you would expect it to be in certain places. Uh, and so you would, uh, you know, change your mind on where you were going or uh, need to get some sort of update on why you were rerouted because of some traffic thing or there was a detour uh, and you would just uh, not have the information you needed. And you'd be like, well, I guess we could turn here and just keep driving till we get cell phone reception again and then use that uh, to to get where we need to go. Uh, that's one advantage, I guess, you have with the uh, printed directions. But uh, when we went to... Uh, when we went to the Yosemite area, I made sure beforehand to uh, download uh, in Google Maps the offline data for the area uh, to, at the very least, um, be able to figure out where roads were uh, because that that was an important thing. Uh, I still don't think that to this day you can do anything like that inside of Apple Maps. It you know, either caches something or it doesn't, and you have no control mm-hmm. over that. Um and I really wish they would change that because uh, it, it's it's one of those situations where you uh, c- can't always count on having the the bandwidth uh, to make certain decisions uh, right. about where you're going to be going. <sighs> but to just have like some some general like place names and routes and things would be useful. I agree. Um, do you ever, I, that's do you ever get stuck up there? Uh, you, you hit a patch of uh, no service. No service. Um, n- yes and no. I I mean yes in the sense that I hit patches of no service, and then if we're in fact, um, not too long ago, uh, Sebastian and I went to the beach, and we went to one beach and thought it was a tide pool beach, but it ended up not being the tide pool beach, and so I was trying to look up the tide pool beach in the area. And no service, so I, you know, kept trying to hit route, 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 route until the service actually kicked in. And yes, that is very annoying. It would be nice to sort of take a a square, um, draw a square over an area and say, download this portion of the map so that I have that information when I'm there. And I hadn't even thought about using um, Google Maps uh, with the, the downloading part. But the other problem was that need I needed to do a like a Google search to figure out what the name of the actual beach was. So it kind of all comes together as well, are there all these issues as to why I can't um why I can't get the destination I'm looking for. Yeah, if you don't know what the name of the thing is that you're looking for, you yeah, the offline data is still not going to help you. Exactly. Uh but the uh the Google offline maps feature is actually pretty easy and you do just draw a box over the area that you would like to download information on so it's it's not bad uh and i highly recommend doing it before you go to a national park um or uh (laughs) anything else out there in the wilderness um off the beaten path yeah because we we made the mistake early on in well not early but uh uh late last calendar year um we went to joshua tree national park and uh I think there was an assumption, a mutual assumption, uh, that there would be some sort of cell phone coverage inside of the park at some point, um, because the park is relatively built up with roads and stuff, but that doesn't really extend to cell phones, and the park is kind of surrounded by these mountains uh, all, all around the periphery. 
So there's one picnic area in the park, kind of by one of the entrances, where you have some cell phone reception, and then you basically get nothing until you go to one of the other exits to the park um, on a really long road. Uh, and then we went back to visit Joshua Tree National Park again, and we uh, that that time we both forgot uh, to download the offline data uh, again. Made the same same exact mistake and we're we're just as lost and had to go back to the one weird picnic area where you kind of had a couple bars of reception but you know that's just a this kind of thing you can learn from it would be nice though if your phone uh could sort of predict based on where you're going and the known um cell phone coverage for the area whether or not it needs to download any offline data for you in order to make it to a nearby area of service that would be nice yeah, what what kind of um, what kind of wild idea do you have? That's just uh, next level. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice if computers knew things and could do things, but uh, you know, sometimes they do the wrong things, and so I guess I I don't want it to do that because it could be a situation where maybe one of these days they implement something smart like that, and then all of a sudden I'm like, why do I have? 500 gigabytes of other map information on my phone that I can't delete, uh, and then I'll be sad, and then I'll regret deeply. The suggestion <laughs> that's also a good point mm-hmm. um that you 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 want the computer to do the thing you want it to do but you don't want the computer to do the thing that you don't want it to do yeah. and oftentimes those two things don't uh happen at the same time and yeah. it uh causes frustration not that anyone's frustrated speaking of frustration uh there's an apple event that's going to be okay, happening okay <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean there has to be frustration well i mean some people are gonna be happy uh i'm some sure some people will be happy some people are gonna be frustrated you can never tell which is which no 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 indication at all especially not based on prior comments or experiences uh but yeah i mean there's gonna be a thing that's gonna happen and we're recording before the thing so i don't know uh whatever (laughs) something i wonder what's happening Uh, apple tomorrow will announce um yeah this is apple spring forward event uh as they call it and i think we're all past the um idea that looking at an invite says anything about what the actual event will offer um i I do still love that post pandemic everybody still posts that they got an invitation uh oh lord have mercy (laughs) yeah you you got a real exclusive invite there buddy (laughs) Uh, save me the trouble of reading your tweet about no i'm just kidding um Uh, yeah it uh so the rumors of course point to a new ipad um an ipad pro likely and we'll see. The last time Apple made an iPad Pro upgrade, it was a very lackluster upgrade. Um, so it's about time that we see a uh, true upgrade. But I'm curious what that's going to to mean. Um, first of all, if there will be kind of a, a big upgrade to the iPad Pro or if it will just be another kind of spec bump um, as it's done in the past. Outside of that, there's a lot of unknown because Apple does have WWDC right around the corner. And at that event, Apple uh, sort of traditionally announces a bunch of operating system changes and improvements and new features. And it's less of a hardware event usually. But there could be some hardware announced at WWDC and some hardware or some software features that will hint at future hardware that we will see later in the year, particularly in the fall with the launch of a new iPhone. So it's it's a little early, I think, to a little early. It's tomorrow, but I still think <laughs> we don't know for sure um, what Apple is going to announce now and what it's going to put off until later, if ever, uh, because there's been just forever and ever and ever speculation about Apple announcing some um, tracking tile type devices called AirTags that would let you track uh, stuff that you've lost. But then Apple came out um, with the announcement about its Find My Network, uh, getting support for third-party devices, including a bike um, right now and a uh, a third-party tracker from Chipolo, and there's pronounced chipotle (laughs) yeah chipotle uh track your burrito and i can't remember what the third thing was um but 
what's interesting there is that they did announce a third-party tracker and that is not going to be available for pre-order until June, which happens to be the month when WWDC happens. So folks who kind of pay attention to this stuff and try to read between the lines um, suggest that given Apple is not, uh, or uh, yeah, Apple is kind of having the companies wait until June to start pre-orders, that it would suggest that other Find My tech could be um, available in June from Apple itself. Then some say, well, no, they're having those people wait because they want to give AirTags plenty of time to exist on the market leading up to uh, third parties adding their trackers to the you know the market. Um, I don't know what's true, but I really, I am, I have no idea what else is going to be announced tomorrow besides an update to the iPad Pro. Um, I'm pretty convinced that is definitely happening. But outside of that, I don't know. So I'm curious, Joe, you've had time to munch on it, chew on it, like some uh, delicious apple-flavored saltwater taffy. And uh, what's um, what's the outcome so far for you? What do you think will be announced tomorrow? I mean, I've been dipping my toe back into the pundit pool here, uh, trying to... <laughs> You know, after my uh, my tech isolation from earlier, trying to figure out, you know, what what, what is news? Like, what are things that are happening? What are rumors? Who knows? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I the only thing that I think that is definitely happening is the iPad Pro um, and potentially other iPads. And the rumors that I saw for the iPad Pro are the new display technology and a chip upgrade, um, which. I know every single time anything happens with the iPad, people are like, I want a new form factor, but don't invalidate the accessories that I already purchased. And it's like, right. (laughs) I do not want a new form factor. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I I anticipate that that is going to be the big thing. And unfortunately, um, I I know we earlier poo-pooed the invitations, uh, but they do the the drawing in 3D kind of spirally shaped thing, which you know, it just means it just means it just means my old nemesis AR, um, and I don't love that as a sign because that means that it's going to be stuff where it's like, look look at us holding an iPad as a window to this virtual environment where we drew, and it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess someone cares to do that with their arms getting tired, maybe, but uh, you know. I don't know, because I, I don't think there's any rumor that any sort of uh, visual headgear component is going to be coming out. Um, so it seems like another round of AR teases via, you know, the iPad as a window to AR, um, which I'm not excited to to have to sit through. Um, as demonstrations go, they are often lackluster and uh, typically involve things that are not real real world scenarios that I would ever participate in. So that's gonna be a bummer but uh whatever uh it'll give some more of a reason for the upgrade uh to exist i guess uh because it'll have more juice for the ar to do the things i guess maybe a new pencil that draws in 3d space based on your position and orientation maybe i don't know who could say um and there are those rumors about the imac uh update uh going to to be out there with an m chip of some variety um and it'll be in different colors and stuff and you know what what kind of display will it have and the size and the bezel and blah 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 um but again i don't know that anything really concrete has come out along those lines and there's no indication that it would need to necessarily be the event as it's happening um it could like you had said earlier they can hold anything for whatever reason they want to um they they don't even really need to tell anybody or consult with anybody and there's not like a physical presentation that they need to like adjust uh you know nobody's got to stand in a different spot on the stage or anything uh so it's all up in the air and uh even like the what was it nine to five I saw something where they published like a rumor roundup and it's like they've been rumoring the air tags for a really long time and we think that maybe there's a possibility to be that and then we we also think that maybe there's a possibility about the Apple TV which has also been rumored for a really long time and it's like yeah I mean I guess but I just 
don't see any compelling reason why they need to do that. And supposedly from the very little stuff that I've read that there is a uh, silicon chip shortage of uh, large proportions that is, you know, not really letting people produce things at large scale. And maybe that was the potential reason why the Apple event was not held earlier in the year. Um, But, you know, even if that's the case, I'm not sure we're going to see things that are going to ship super soon or quickly. So I don't know. They could announce all kinds of stuff without it actually being in production. Um, If they so chose, they could even tease AirTags and be like, well, it's coming to you in June. And then we'll all be like, okay, why'd you say that then? But it doesn't (laughs) doesn't matter. Uh, They can do whatever they want. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, you've perfectly... Uh, perfectly summarized my thoughts exactly on how I feel about all of this, uh, particularly related to kind of what is um, what is to be expected and what is not to be expected and uh, what it means. Because yeah, they they can they can they can and are going to uh, do what they want, how they want, and ultimately. We don't know until we see the event tomorrow, um, which is, by the way, where I put in a quick plug. Um, well, actually, I guess I won't. I, <laughs> I don't know. If, I doubt this episode's going up today. So um, I, please, you, you don't know. You don't know me. I could be unusually productive. <laughs> that is true. So here, we'll do it this way. Uh, please do, or maybe you have, in which case I thank you, uh, tune in or have tuned in to... Uh, Leo Laporte and me covering uh, the Apple event live uh, on Tuesday, April 20th at 10 a.m. Pacific by going to or having gone to twit.tv slash live at that time to check it out. Um, When you go to that page, it's just an embed for whichever streaming service you like to use. So Twitch, YouTube, and then some of the other ones that people don't really use anymore, but um, except for like three people out there in the world. Um, so yeah, you can watch that there. If if you're curious, by watching that, you will still get to watch the event. We stream the event with our coverage. So um, it won't be like you're missing the event. Instead, you'll just get some added commentary um, if that's your thing. And you know, I won't hold it against you if you'd rather just watch it live uh, on its own or if you watched it live on its own, depending on when this episode is available. Yeah. Uh, but you can count on... Um, well, you can pretty much count on Leo and I covering the Apple events live when they happen. So uh, you can always check it out there. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow morning. Um, and then I'll be on Mac Break Weekly with the crew because Renee Ritchie is out as he has uh, several meetings tomorrow. And you can guess who those meetings are with and why he's unable to be there for the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, every everybody's got to have important meetings. But everybody's got to meet with Tim. <laughs> but uh, is there... Other than other than the live coverage and you standing in for Renee on MacBreak Weekly, is there um, any particular place people should look for a uh, a, a post retrospective review from you on on this, or um, or just watch all watch the skies, just watch watch, watch the, skies, the skies, watch the skies for clockwise, and watch the skies for uh, all, all of the usual suspects. I will say if there's a new iPad announced announced tomorrow um i will be uh well twit will be purchasing that ipad and i will be doing a review so eventually you'll be able to get um your thoughts on that but in terms of a of a kind of post retrospective the best place is mac break weekly because that will be we'll be doing that literally right after the show is over um so that's kind of the the best place and then of course yeah you can you can pretty much bet that wednesday's clockwise is going to be um a an apple event focused uh episode mm-hmm. that was a good thing and, i was on last week so that way i could rant about the tv thing and then yeah you know, let the, let the important stuff up, happen this week <laughs> if there doesn't end up being a, a tv update this time then um it will have you know st- stood on its own versus uh feeling a little less relevant afterward which i mean i I, I just cannot I, I you know knowing all of the possible things that are going to be announced 
it seems so unlikely that they would bother with that uh, during this process. But who knows? Who knows what they are thinking? Um, but uh, if if for some fluke circumstance reason they announce an Apple TV, you know where to find me. Um, <laughs> quietly, yes. quietly, quietly, very quietly uh, saying it's awful and stuff. <laughs> and they did a bad job. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. No, I, I here's what's wrong. Yeah, I'll keep an open mind. Um, it's going to suck, but I'll keep an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to have this conversation somewhat regularly with uh, somebody very close to me about how our brains are very bad at differentiating between real and imagined. And if we <laughs> if we write scripts for our brain and work through those scripts in our mind... Um, we will often come to uh, believe that those things are going to happen or um, sort of shape what's happening around them. So for people with anxiety, for example, uh, particularly, uh, what's it called? Social anxiety. If you are leading up to that event going, oh, it's, you know, this is what's going to go wrong. This is what's going to go wrong. Um, I'm probably going to trip. I'll probably stumble over my words, this, that, and the other. Your brain in thinking through those events and putting you in those events inside of your imagination, it doesn't, it, it's not as if processes of the brain are going to change because it's just in your imagination. You are still going to have that anxiety. Your your brain is going to send out all those signals that cause your adrenaline and you know your blood pressure and all that kind of stuff to rise, to spike, et cetera. Versus if you tell yourself, uh, and I'm... I, I do not, I'm, I'm not truly attributing this to you being uh, poo-pooey about an Apple TV. Who gives a crap? I'm really like, that's fine. You absolutely can. I'm more talking about important things like um, happiness and, and life, uh, which if, yeah, you can, if you, if you can tell yourself, hey, uh, everything's going to be okay. It's just, that's the thing is like, in either case, you're, you're doing because someone would go, well, that might not happen. But also, the thing that you're negatively uh, imagining also might not happen. So if they're both equally unlikely to happen, then they're both equally likely to happen. And therefore, you should feel comfortable lying to yourself in a way that is beneficial to you um, because it actually will be beneficial to your health and to your overall mental happiness. Um, there. Uh, no, I'm not going to go into it. There's there's just this really cool, uh, I, I won't go into detail, but there's this really cool um, study that they did with uh, professional basketball players where they measured their brain waves um, based on when they were uh, actually shooting baskets. And then they had them kind of sit there and imagine being out on the court shooting baskets, et cetera. And the near idea the near identical nature of the brain waves was one of the examples of how our brains don't really differentiate between real and imagined in uh, many cases. And I think it's really fascinating. Um, so yeah, pro tip. Um, if you're going to lie to yourself in a negative way, then it's uh, better for you to just choose to lie to yourself in a positive way. I guess. <laughs> Uh, it's a bitter pill to swallow. I understand, but it doesn't apply as I'm saying to you. If I don't, it is totally okay to think that a product isn't going to be good because that's not what matters. No, you're allowed. I, and also, you know, there is a degree of, uh, some, some kidding around that is occurring here. (laughs) This is exactly, I'm not, uh, actually going to, to put my, uh, life's hopes and dreams uh attached to whatever the new apple tv is and whenever it comes out uh i think that that is uh not not a not a healthy way to live uh but i also uh recognize what you're saying about real things um that it's important to uh to actually not uh create a negative feedback loop about it um and to anticipate the worst in all scenarios but uh you know sometimes joe's gonna joe um that's that's what we got but is there anything else um before we uh wrap up this uh Um, this event of positivity and uh good energy i'm I'm trying to think if there is anything else uh oh i guess uh, 
this feels like a weird promo show now, but um, we did just announce a cool new thing at Twit called Twit Plus, um, which is a way for anybody who listens to the network to directly support the network. Uh, so if you're a member of the Incomparable Network or you're a member of Relay FM's membership um, stuff, this is almost exactly like those in that it's uh, through Memberful. And by signing up, you get access to a Discord. Um, Leo's been hosting ever since our editorial meeting ended. In fact, near the end of our editorial meeting, Leo accidentally started up his Discord um, voice channel. And so we ended we ended up ending the meeting, and then he went straight into Discord. And I think it's still going on. So um, some people were like, this is so surreal. I've been listening to you know Leo for x years and i just had a chance to chat with him directly um so you know if if you are interested in um having an opportunity to converse with some of us uh or all of us at different times um that is going to be a place for you to do so i've got some stuff coming up including um some crafting stuff so i'll be talking about the different crafting stuff that i do crocheting and knitting and whatnot um and then you get all of our shows ad free, which is really exciting for some people. Others, I was surprised uh, where other people were like, you know, it's kind of weird. I've gotten a lot of use out of uh, Twit's ads in the past because, and then they'd list off like, I've done, I've gotten this, I've tried this, I like this, I still use this. So it's going to be weird without ads. I won't know what stuff I should check out. Um, so that was, that felt really good. But um, ultimately, this is an awesome way to, have direct support from our viewership and um, early uh, membership stuff is going well. And I don't know what all is in there, but um, if you just go to TWIT.TV, you can learn more about it. Um, And yeah, that would be awesome. And I'd love to see you in the Discord uh, listeners uh, to to hang out. And um, like I said, eventually I'll be doing some some crafty stuff on there. And uh, Leo and I don't do a show anymore. Uh, we used to do iOS today together, and now I do that with Rosemary Orchard. So uh, Leo and I were both talking about how we kind of miss the nonsense that we would talk about before iOS today started. So we're planning on doing some stuff as well, just sort of shooting the breeze. I can't say shooting the breeze. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there. So yeah, I- I'm I'm pretty excited about this. I think that it's uh, really cool when you can be uh s- sort of supporter sponsored versus uh completely ad sponsored so yeah mm-hmm. that's that's that <sighs> did you get a bidet yet no 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 didn't get one How, is yours progressing well <laughs> Do you, are you are you enjoying it <laughs> phase all phasers are firing at uh at uh optimal <laughs> optimal value i don't well you know in star trek they have sonic showers do you think they have sonic bidets oh i bet they do or maybe you don't you sort of like after you're done no that that would be uncomfortable i was gonna say after you're done you just go stand in the shower and then it's sonic sonic cleans you but then you'd kind of have to yeah that's not fun also i just learned that in australia there is an art museum where each of the toilets in the art museum is has something strange about it. And I don't know what the individual things are. I only know of one that the folks were talking about. And based on what the one that the folks were talking about, um, what I've learned about it, I, do, I can't imagine using any of the restrooms there. Uh, the one toilet they were talking about is that... Through a series of mirrors and cameras and a projector, you can the, watch your 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 butthole poop. You literally can watch your butthole as you defecate. <laughs> and I don't know why that's important for some people. Um, it's but, art, you know. It's I'm art not yucking. Like a- <laughs> yeah, I'm not yucking anyone's yum. I'm not kink shaming. I'm not uh, art shaming. Um, but the guy, he was saying that, uh, one of his friends who went there went to every single restroom trying to find the one, found the one that he was looking for. And because it was kind of like at the end of the day, he said he went in sort of defeated and worn out. But when he walked out, he walked out 
with his spine straight, with a level of pride and a look in his eyes that showed that he had faced his demons that day and he came out on top. (laughs) Wow. So I don't know, maybe in order to have, in order to die, having felt I lived my full true life, I will have had to visit this art museum in Sydney or not in Sydney, but somewhere in Australia, maybe it is in Sydney um, and have this, sort of transcendental experience. Uh, No, tangential, transcendental. Yeah. Yeah. Transcendental. That's a word. Mm -hmm. Transcendent experience. That's, that's what we'll go with. Transcendent experience. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) You know, I had an animal fact, but I forgot. Oh, that's what it is. Um, this is becoming the variety show, I think, but, uh, (laughs) the animal fact I recently learned that I think is really interesting. And I had, I learning this new, I I was really shocked. Humans of course have several different taste buds, uh, several different, (laughs) several different taste buds, several different types of taste buds. Uh, and so they have that like, is it phrenology? No, the uh, pressure, (laughs) not phrenology. That's a very bad thing. Um, this sort of uh, it looks like an acupuncture or acupressure chart, but it's for the tongue and it maps out the different parts of the tongue that are best at tasting different types of things. And we've got sweet receptors and sour receptors and all kinds of things. And many other mammals in the animal kingdom also have those. But there's something that dogs and I think monkeys, but I'm not positive, definitely dogs though, and this is what shocked me, have. And it is a receptor for water, for H2O. I don't know, and I will never know, and this is what, well, maybe someday someone will do a study that can properly kind of translate dog taste to human taste so that we can at least know what it tastes like to them. But dogs have receptors on their tongue specifically designed to taste water because by doing so, it encourages them to drink more water uh, whereas because we're smart enough, we, and we've got lots of different processes that help us, we are more driven to drink, uh, fluids and don't kind of need that reminder, but their little walnut brains do need to be kind of, um, coaxed into drinking water. And then it, when it pairs with their diets, which are typically, um, high in some things that are dehydrating, uh, they need to be kind of encouraged to drink water. And so these receptors on their tongue do that. So I don't know if it means that, you know, toilet water versus uh, water from the floor versus water in a bowl, like all taste different, or if all water tastes the same, but it has a taste to it, or if they can tell like, oh, oh God, he's given me smart water again. I hate these extra minerals. I just want pure distilled water. That's Henry. Um, I, I don't know if he could tell the difference between them. But it's so fascinating to me that dogs have receptors specifically designed for recepting <laughs> uh, water and are therefore encouraged to drink it. You should do a blind taste test uh, where you arrange several water bowls uh, with different waters inside of each one of them and then conduct a test on oh, I should. the, the preferences. Henry is picky about water. If Because um, I... so. This is the problem. Um, Mizzy's not very picky about water. Henry's picky about water, but they both are afraid of <laughs> those um, water bowls that are more for cats, the ones that kind of keep a constant stream. And so um, with those, you can have it running and let it go for you know a week before you need to uh, rinse it out and put... Um, more water in it and and you know get it a little bit more fresh because that kind of keeps the water fresh whereas with just a bowl you have to dump it every day rinse it out and then fill it up uh, back to the top and on the uh, occasion where you know it'll get like halfway down and then he'll have some more but it's been longer than a day then he will not drink it he does not, he won't drink the water if it's like been in there. I mean, of course, as, as, um, uh, some folks have, have pointed out to me in the past, well, you know, he would just drink it if that was all that was available to him. But 
I, I, I feel like that's bad parenting, um, <laughs> and bad dogging just to be like, well, I'm just, you don't like this, but I'm not going to get you new water. So you're just going to have to, uh, get dehydrated enough to where you feel forced to drink it. No, I'm just going to give the dog new water. It doesn't, <laughs> it's not that hard. Like it's not that big of an issue. Yeah. Um, I went to that point. I would be curious too. Um, like, or it's not necessarily the water that Henry is tasting. It's the stuff that's not the water that Henry is tasting. Right. His old saliva, mm-hmm. any like dog food bits that may have gotten in there. If there's, well, there is dust in the air. So any dust that gets in there, et cetera. Yeah. And that's what makes me wonder, can they just, can they taste pure H2O and know what that tastes like? And therefore, when anything else is on it, on it, in it, then it tastes different to them versus me where certainly I can tell that there's a difference between drinking a distilled water uh, which has like no, it's purposely designed to have no minerals in it versus um, a a bottle of water that has, you know, the the typical minerals added for taste. I can tell there's a difference, but I doubt it's, or I wonder if it's to the level that, you know, they are able to. So I don't know. It just opened up a whole fascinating new, um, a bunch of questions that I have about uh, dogs and their taste buds and um, water. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's you know water for thought. Uh, we'll <laughs> I like it. Find out the results of your blind taste test later, though. Yes, definitely. I will definitely do that. Um, I've got uh, excuse me. I've got at least three different types of water I can do, uh, but I guess one will have to be the control, which would be the standard water that he drinks, which is the reverse osmosis water that I drink from the uh, RO thingy I have connected to my um kitchen sink um so that would be the control given that that's the one he's used to and then i could give him mizzy will just drink all of them so she she can't really she can't really participate in this uh or she can but uh i don't know that she'll get it yeah yeah i'll 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 definitely get back to everyone who's listening and is interested in this about uh what the results are <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, goodbye. I think that does it. <laughs> Bye.